Welcome, everybody. It's a filibuster freestyle. It's an old school one. We've got very little apparatus in the studio. There won't be a theme song today. The baby's in the studio. Had grandiose plans to sneak this podcast in yesterday, which was Sunday, uh, July 10th. Today's July 11th. Wanted to hit on some Wimbledon. Wanted to hit on some F1, Formula One, and how Nick Kyrgios, Wimbledon finalist, is a lot like the Ferrari 2022 F1 racing team. Like I said, probably not going to be a theme song. I'm just going to go straight through. It's number one, props to Elena Rabakina, I believe it is. Sorry, it's uh, still pulling up the notes and all this great stuff. But becomes the youngest, uh, I believe, the youngest Wimbledon champion, uh, 23 years old. She is Russian-born, but is a citizen of Kazakhstan because she, in 2018, changed her nationality status to take advantage of some funding from the Kazakh government and the Kazakh Tennis Association or Federation. And so, ironically, Wimbledon banned Russians as well as Belarusians, but this Russian-born Kazakhstan tennis player, Kazakh tennis player, ends up winning Wimbledon despite being from Moscow, still being based in Moscow, and being a native Russian. So Wimbledon ironically banned Russians, and somebody who's technically from Kazakhstan wins the whole thing, her first major. Congratulations to her. Also ironic is that she and Novak Djokovic, the champion of the men's side, and all the doubles champions and the mixed doubles champions and every single person who played in Wimbledon, don't get any points towards their end-of-season rankings because of the decision that Wimbledon made to not invite Russian players and players from Belarus. So super ironic that not only did it backfire by essentially a de facto Russian Russian winning the women's side, but also um, the fact that a lot of people didn't get to go and don't get to get points for showing up at, again, arguably the most prestigious championship in the world. I want to also give my congratulations to Novak Djokovic. Djokovic, excuse me. 21 Grand Slam, second most all time. Rafael Nadal with 22. And Nadal obviously won his quarterfinal match against Fritz and was not able to keep playing. He withdrew with an abdominal injury. So Nick Kyrgios got a walkover into the finals. So Djokovic beats Kyrgios in four sets to win his 21st Wimbledon, his fourth straight, not including 2020 in which it was not contested, but he won two years before 2020, two years after 2020, four in a row over the course of five years. So before I get into this whole Ferrari F1 team take with Nick Kyrgios, I want to talk about this idea of Djokovic and now Nadal as the two best players of all time. Now they both have passed Federer in terms of majors, one uh, and they both have legitimate chances to keep winning majors, and it doesn't seem that Federer does. He's a bit older, he's been injured, hasn't played in a, over a year now, etc. So a lot of people say that Nadal's 22 Grand Slams are the result of the gimmick of him playing on clay and being dominant on clay, despite the fact that he's won a career slam on all the surfaces, as has Djokovic. If you actually look at the tennis schedule, the most gimmick surface there is, the most gimmick-laden surface there is, is actually grass. The grass season is only five weeks long. They actually play clay well before the French Open, well after the French Open, throughout the year. 
There are clay court specialists, and of course Nadal is the greatest clay player of all time. But if you want to talk about gimmicks, you could say that Djokovic winning seven and Federer winning eight Wimbledon tournaments is actually more of a gimmick than Nadal winning 14 at Roland Garros. Now, if you take out the graphs, Djokovic still has 14. If you take out Nadal's 14, he has eight. But both have won the career slam. One is literally a genius on clay, and one is the most recent in the string of dominant performers on grass. But both have won on, cl- on grass and clay, a.k.a. crass. Anyway, or class. So I would say this. Look at the hard court stats. Okay, fine. Djokovic, probably the better player overall. More weapons, etc. But when you take the fact that Nadal has one more major and that he withdrew from this tournament after winning a quarterfinal match, still hasn't lost in a major this year. He withdrew, but he, he won the Australian and he won the French and he was undefeated in Wimbledon before withdrawing. So 22 and 21 majors, respectively. I still think, as Charlotte pipes in, that Djokovic probably has a better chance, especially with it being 22 to 21 now. I think if somehow Nadal had stayed healthy and won yesterday and it was 23 to 20, Nadal might have a chance to retire with the most men's slams. But now both guys certainly have a chance to tie Serena at 23, though she is still playing, and potentially tie Margaret Court at 24. I think 25 might be a bridge too far for Nadal. We'll see. And I also think it might still be out of reach a little bit for Djokovic. I do think time is starting to catch up. Okay, the Ferrari take. The Nick Kyrgios take. So Nick Kyrgios, yesterday, was the better tennis player. Had more weapons, had more things going for him than Novak Djokovic. Yet he won the first set and then lost the next two and then lost the fourth in a, in a tiebreaker in which the tiebreaker wasn't really that close either. So despite being more talented and having more firepower, more weapons, and being just in a better form this year in Wimbledon than Djokovic, who struggled a couple times, including against Senior, in the quarterfinals. And he was down two sets to love before coming back and winning three in a row. Nick Kyrgios, despite having the best product, didn't have the, the ability to make it count when it mattered. And as I watched the F1 race yesterday, and Ferrari was going 1-2, the chance to get back in the Constructors' Championship against Red Bull, the chance to go 1-2 against their biggest rival, Red Bull and Max Verstappen, at the Red Bull ring in Austria, Red Bull's home course. A real chance to stick it to Red Bull and get back into the Constructors, right, Charlotte? What do they do instead? Unfortunately, Carlos Sainz, who won last week's race at Silverstone in England, his car, his engine blow out. He has to withdraw. So... Similar to Djokovic dropping the first set, right, Charlotte? Dropping the first set to Kyrgios. Checo Perez is out of the race for Red Bull. Ferrari looks like they're going to go 1-2 and pick up not only points in the race, but points that Red Bull is dropping. And then somehow Ferrari also shoots themselves in the foot, which if you listen to people talk about the Ferrari F1 team, they are their own worst enemy. They are playing themselves out there every week that there is a race. And Nick Kyrgios throughout his career is playing himself as well as his opponent every time he steps in the court. And when you play against Novak Djokovic and you're yelling at your box and you're yelling at yourself and you're yelling at the fans and you're yelling at the ref, it's hard enough to beat Djokovic 
Anyway, I'm just saying he had the goods yesterday, talent-wise, to get it done. But he made the match a match against three or four or five different adversaries when the adversary across the net from him was more than enough to handle him. And even though it wasn't Djokovic's best day, the mental fortitude is a lot like the Red Bull team or the Mercedes teams of old in F1, in which they find a way to get it done because the strategy, the technique, the focus is better. Speaking of focus, Charlotte's losing focus here in the studio. Fill up BusterFreestyle.com. Subscribe, rate, and review every podcast. And remember, season ticket showcase. We've got three, reco- three recordings in the can. We're going to be talking to season ticket holders throughout the world, focusing on North America first. When it, when it drops, and it's going to drop soon, give it a listen. We appreciate that too. Thanks for listening to the Filibuster Freestyle.